welcome to the Well and Wealthy podcast with your host, Alicia McPherson. Top strategies I would implement if you are ready to lose your first 10 pounds, whether you have 30 pounds to lose, 50, 150, 200. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the top strategies that I would implement first if I was ready to lose that first 10 pounds. And so important thing to to share before we get going on these steps is that with weight loss, I personally like things to be as individualized and specific as possible because everyone that I work with has very different lifestyles, health history, concerns, different metabolic state, different hormonal state, different stress state. So when someone starts working with us and my team, what we do is a full hormone metabolic assessment first. So we're looking at energy levels in the morning, throughout the day, at night. We're looking at digestion. We're looking at mood. We are looking at different moods throughout the month, your cycle. Um, we're looking at so many different factors, your body composition, your stress response to create that customized plan according to where you are currently starting from and where you want to go. What's really important is when someone starts working with us, I know exactly what you're doing right now because everyone comes into the protocol with a different starting point. So I want to know exactly what you're doing right now. Then I want to know what your goal is, your vision, and we're going to give you the very clear action steps in order to get there. The three the three things that are just screaming at us that we need to change in order for you to get to your results. So this is why I love the individualization so much. And a lot of weight loss programs don't factor this in. It is that, that you have a different lifestyle than anyone else. We have some of our clients that are lawyers, they're running their own firm, they don't have any kids, but their life is packed with social events, networking at night, lots of lots of work. And then we have other other clients who have one to, to four, sometimes five kids. They're also working full time and they're trying to navigate that. We have single moms, stay at home moms. Um, so there's so many different women that we like to work with. And when we work with the high performing women, we have to know that your lifestyle is going to be completely different from anyone else's. So it's really important in a weight loss protocol that whoever you're working with, whatever you're doing, they're assessing what you are doing right now, right? There's a, there's a base mark that they're forming, a, a benchmark that they're forming your starting place. So we can look at the lifestyle that you're living right now, the things that you're doing, the foods that you're eating in this moment, because that can help us see how it got you the results that you currently have and the things that need to immediately be changed to see the success that you want to, to, to see. So for example, we might have a client coming in to our, our protocol and she's she's exhausted. She's holding on to 30 pounds. And the first thing that we see is her circadian rhythm is just a nightmare. She's waking up in the morning, grabbing her phone, scrolling through emails, social media, whatever it is. Then she gets up, she grabs a black coffee. She shoots it down like a tequila shot back when we were 19. That's how quickly she pounds back that coffee. And then on her way to work, she grabs a granola bar. And heads to the office, drops the kid off at school, whatever that looks like for her. And so when I look at that and I see she wants to lose 30 pounds and she's exhausted, the first thing that I'm going to address is that morning routine. 
I'm going to get rid of the phone right away. I'm going to get her doing something a little bit healthier, even if that's just getting up and getting started with, with breakfast. Oh my gosh, it could even be just washing your face instead of grabbing your phone. Anything can be better than grabbing your phone. And then I'm most likely going to change that first meal of the day. We're going to get something with that black coffee because black coffee on an empty stomach, especially when you've got that stress picture going on, is going to create a nightmare effect in your body. I'm going to ditch that granola bar because most of the time it is just naked carbs with no protein, no fats. And I'm just going to replace it with something that's going to get her body in that fat burning mode, but also utilizing the calories for energy. So she has nice, consistent energy throughout the day. So that's one example. Someone else might come in and the first thing we, we notice, maybe they have 20 pounds to lose again, also tired all the time. I'll, we might see that she is doing extreme forms of exercise that are not healthy for her level of adrenal state and she's under eating. So the first thing we're going to do with her is possibly peel back that exercise bit a bit, or just change the intensity of that exercise. And then we're going to boost her calories very slowly so that it matches her metabolic demands. This is why it's so important on a weight loss program to be assessing where you are currently starting from. What's your lifestyle look like? What are you eating? How much are you eating? What are your macros? What's your exercise routine? We need to see this first in order to see very clearly what your next step will take. This is why I have a big problem with just these generic meal plans because they're not factoring in the individualization of the person. They're not factoring in your lifestyle as a high-performing person, someone who is constantly always on the go who has things her, her schedule is full she's always doing something so I, I when I was creating McPherson method I really wanted to factor this in because I knew that by performing women they have different lifestyles and this does deserve to be respected so I just wanted to set that context as we go through the following strategies to implement because I want you to know how important it is to have an individualized plan that's looking at the things in your life that are important to you and making sure that it 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 corresponds with them, right? Because when we have certain priorities, we want to make sure our health matches the demands of our life. And this has been a big context that I filtered everything my health around is that my health matches the demands of my life. Often we work with women who aren't able to do the things that they want to do because their health holds them back whether it's a career goal or a business goal, but they're lacking the energy and the confidence to go after it. Maybe it's to be a certain person for your family in your relationships, but your mood is just a hot mess that it's hard to, it's hard to be the kind of person that you want to be, right? So I've always said, we want to have our health match the pace that we want to go, not have our health pull us back because we're tired, we're moody, we're miserable. We lack the confidence to be able to do that, the things that we want to do. So our health is matching the pace that we want to go, but it also doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice things in order to be healthy to an extent, right? Like I still love to work a lot. I love um, to do certain things with my friends and my family. These are important to me and I don't want to sacrifice everything in order for, for, you know, to live that exceptional, you know, healthy lifestyle. I want there to be a combination of both where I'm living the life that I want and I have the health to match that. So health matches the demands of our life, our health matches the pace that we want to go in our life. Now, sometimes sacrifices must be made. If you're going out every single night and drinking with the girls, <laughs> this maybe is 
um, something to reflect on and, and say, is this really supporting how I want to feel and, and how I want to live my life? But we do want to have everything kind of not, not necessarily in balance, but yeah, I guess in balance, but just making sure that we're not sacrificing things for our health. For example, there was a time where I was sacrificing Christmas dinners, like family time with my family so that I could get a workout in. This felt really icky to me. Now, when I look back at it, when I was on vacations, right, I, I'd, instead of going and enjoying Europe and, and in Barcelona and going sightseeing, I was trying to find a CrossFit gym. So this is what I mean when health extremes can, can, can go too far where we start sacrificing things that really matter to us like vacation time time with friends time with family and important events like christmas dinner where i'm jutting off i haven't seen my family in in a year if they were they were across the country or um you know i ha haven't been able to see them and now i'm instead of visiting with them i'm off to do a, a workout so this is what i mean by not having our health sacrifice or our health goals sacrifice the things that are really important for us. I don't think it was necessarily healthy to, you know, escape for a workout when I was with my family because I was scared that missing a workout would make me balloon. Okay. So that's the big piece of it. All right. So let's dive in to these implementation pathways that we want to take if we are on route to lose the first 10 pounds of maybe 30, 50, 100, 200, whatever that goal is for you. So the first one is walking. And it seems so easy, but it blows my mind how many women come into McPherson Method that aren't walking. And when I look at the stats and the research on this, our life is so sedentary. We are sitting so much and there's been a ton of research showing um, more metabolic issues and hormonal imbalances the more we're sitting throughout the day. And having a sedentary lifestyle is almost as bad as smoking. So just getting up and walking is, is changing the game for people. We have some clients that come into our protocol that are in exhaustion or phase three, basically collapse mode of burnout. And we are canceling out any exercise they're doing and only getting them to walk. And they are losing 30 pounds. They haven't been able to lose weight exercising or, or, or dieting in the past, past by just, but just by getting them to walk 30 minutes they're losing 30 pounds. So walking is incredible for our bodies, but the most common suggestion I like, I like to use is 15 minutes after each meal. So this is a really low impact form of exercise and helps a lot with blood sugar regulation. And one of the research papers I, I read had even just 10 minutes at a very low intensity helps with that blood glucose levels post meal. So walking in general is going to be amazing, but if you can 10 to 15 minutes after each meal, this is just going to help regulate your blood sugar levels even more. So that is my first tip. Get out and walk. Look at how much time you're sitting in a day. Can you have a standing desk instead? Can you have breaks throughout the day where you're actually moving your body instead of sitting? Because it is almost as bad as smoking. So we want to get up and move the body throughout the day. It doesn't mean structured activity where you're doing extra actual exercise classes. It just means movement, right? Walking, moving your body. It could be taking the stairs, parking farther away from the grocery store, just getting up and moving. And even better would be moving after a meal. So that's tip number one. 
So the second thing that I would really want people to implement is getting at least 100 grams of protein daily. Protein is the building blocks of the body. It supports cell regeneration and strong mitochondria. The stronger, the more efficient the mitochondria in your body, the better the metabolic rate, the more calories are going to be burned at rest. It also, protein helps us feel full and reduces cravings, reducing overeating. So at least 100 grams of protein per day. When we work with clients, typically we'll look at their body composition, their exercise level, and then give them a protein target that's very specific for them. But I haven't, anyone under 100 grams of protein, warning bells for hormones, warning bells for metabolism. So at least 100 grams daily would be ideal. So that could look like about 30 35 grams of protein per meal if you're having three meals a day. So that is tip number two. Okay, tip number three is avoiding eating naked carbs. So what does that mean? So naked carbs are basically any carb source that aren't paired with anything else. So no protein and no fat paired with them. That's a naked carb. So think an apple or oatmeal on its own or a banana, a granola bar, Okay, these are naked carbs. A potato, a a french fries would be a naked carb. Potato chips <laughs> would be a naked carb. So these, we want to avoid eating them on their own. Carbs are, are good. We like a healthy amount of carbs in our diet, but we want to make sure that these carbs, when you're eating them, are paired with a protein or a fat. And this is going to slow down the sugar absorption and prevent any sudden insulin spikes, which can lead to fat storage. So fruit can be great, but pair it with a protein, pair it with an anti-inflammatory fat. So for example, a smoothie that I really like is, um, it has spinach in it. It has a 42 grams of protein in it. It has banana in it and one other fruit berries can be nice. So it has that combination. Oh, it has peanut butter in it as well. So lots of protein, the anti-inflammatory fats from the the peanut butter, and then I've got the banana and then spinach for my carbs. So this is just a way to make sure that the carbs aren't naked. Okay. That is tip number three. And, and the same thing with like breakfast, a lot of breakfast items, the first meal of the day, they're so carb heavy. They're, they're, they're naked carbs. For example, pancakes, for example, um, a fruit smoothie with no protein in it, just straight oatmeal, a granola bar. It's just straight carbs. So they are going to cause a insulin roller coaster. It's no wonder you've got the midday energy, like you're really tired in the mid midday energy, or you rely on caffeine just to get you going throughout the day. This is because we have been eating those naked carbs and your insulin levels are just atrocious. So they're a roller coaster. So try to always pair them with a protein and a fat. Okay. Number four is more of a mindset uh, hack, but you want to visualize your success daily. So mental imagery can be a very powerful motivator and actually improves your success rates. So what I would do is envision what your weight loss goals are. And so let's say I had the goal to, to weigh, um, let's say lose 50 pounds, maybe I'm 200 pounds and I want to weigh 150 and not just the number, but how you want to feel in your body, because the number is not important. The number means nothing. It's just a number, but there's a feeling that you've associated with 
200 pounds, your current weight and 150 pounds, the weight you want to be. So you actually want to amplify that feeling. How do you want to feel at 150 pounds? right? Is it confident where you walk into a room and your shoulders are back and your head is high and you really feel you belong there. You're excited to be there. Maybe it's buying a new outfit for a dress or for a wedding that's coming up, a dress for a wedding that's coming up, right? Maybe it's going on vacation and wearing the bathing suit and just feeling so good in the pool like that, that you want to be there because often I hear from clients and I felt this myself. I didn't want to be there when I wasn't comfortable in my body. I wanted to go home. (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to be in my track pants. I wanted to be in comfortable clothes. I did not want to be in the bathing suit. So just imagining yourself in that situation. So step one could be setting that goal. Okay, step two is how you want to feel when you get that goal. And, a, and an easy way to do this is look at how you're feeling in your body right now. Okay, so you're, you have this goal. You're nowhere near it. You're feeling a certain way in your body. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's exhaustion. We're much better as humans knowing what we don't want. So think of how you're feeling in your body right now. And then what's the opposite of that? Okay. I'm feeling really disappointed in my body. Okay. What's the opposite? I want to feel proud. Okay, cool. What would you be doing if you felt proud in your body? I go buy that bathing suit. I really want to wear, and I would take it to the beach I'd invite all my friends over for the pool to the pool, right? I have this pool, but I'm so embarrassed. I don't want to be seen in a bathing suit. So I invite no one over ever. I want to, but I'm just not comfortable. So if I lost this weight, I feel confident. I feel proud of my body. And then I'd be inviting my friends over to go swimming. So this is the train of events you you want to go through is how do you currently feel? What's the flip side of that? What's the polar opposite? And then what you, would you be doing? And once you know that you're going to close your eyes and you're actually going to visualize it happening. Imagine yourself calling up your friends, texting your friends saying, Hey, it's been a while, but I want to have a pool party. So can you come over this Sunday? It's supposed to be a nice day. We'll get some food. We'll have some drinks and we'll just have a nice day hanging out. Imagine that situation. And then imagine you getting the bathing suit, walking down to the pool. Maybe people are complimenting you, right? They're saying how how beautiful you look, the smile on your face. You look so vital. Like imagine that scenario in as much detail as possible. And this doesn't have to be a long event. Like two, I, I set my visualizations for two minutes because when I was starting this journey, two minutes was the longest I could hold before my mind started to wander. So start with two minutes and just visualize it in as much detail as possible. And then maybe you can expand it to three minutes or four minutes. Okay. But it should feel good. It should be exciting to feel that way. Okay. The next tip, tip number five, is getting at least eight hours of sleep per night. I know that seems like a really basic tip, but it's so important for everything. Our hormones, our metabolism, our stress response. It helps regulate our hunger hormones, which tell us if we're hungry or full. And women do need more sleep than men. So take this seriously. And it starts with your your nighttime routine. It starts with making sure you're not getting the artificial lights right before bed that you have a sleep routine that actually promotes the release of melatonin and calming down the cortisol. But, you know, take the, take this seriously. A lot of women that we work with their, their, their bedtime is their only alone time in the day. So instead of actually doing things that are going to support them, their, their body and their self, they're scrolling through social media, they're watching TV, you know, they're sacrificing sleep for other things. Always make sleep the, the priority here. Okay. Tip number six is eliminate night 
I'm snacking. So this can be a huge factor if we are in programmed for that fat storing mode. So if we can eliminate nighttime snacking, it's going to lead to better digestion and less disruptions in that fat burning process. Okay. So I try to have clients not eat at least three hours before bedtime. So if you go to bed at 10, seven would be your last meal. The earlier you can make this, the better in the winter. It's a little bit more important because as the, as the, the, as it gets darker, you don't want to be eating heavy meals when it's dark because of that circadian response summer. It's a little bit better for this, but just be mindful that three hours before bed, you want to nip any snacking or late night eating out. Okay. Tip number seven is we want to cut out all seed oils and processed foods. This is kind of a no brainer, but a lot of people are surprised at seed oils. So canola oil, sunflower oils, I've written a lot of posts around this. Certain oils can lead to inflammation and weight gain. I've had clients just cut out seed oils and processed foods and lose 20 pounds in like three, four weeks. This is what I call inflammatory weight gain. And so when we can get rid of that inflammation, it just lies off. It's really cool to see. It's awesome to see the pictures. Clients are super happy and it's very easy switches that we make to get rid of that inflammation. Next tip eight, consider an adaptogen if stress is high. So when we work with our clients, we analyze their phase of adrenal dysfunction. We've got three phases, overstimulation mode, we've got exhaustion, and then we've got collapse, which is the burnout, can't get out of bed. So depending on what phase you're in, there's certain supplements that can support you. So if you're in overstimulation, you want to have supplements to lower cortisol. If you're in that exhaustion or collapse mode, you want to have supplements that can raise cortisol levels because you're completely depleted. Completed. But if stress is a is a is an issue, you want to make sure that's being addressed. And there, you don't have to do this whole like 24-hour routine to manage your stress. There are simple things in my day that I do to help with my stress response. Maybe I'll do another episode on that and things that you can do very quickly and effectively to lower your stress response down. But you you want to add them into your day, even just small things to end that stress cycle. Or we get what I call that stress bubble. If you're not doing the things to end the stress response, then the stress piles on like a layer of plastic wrap around your body. And if you don't get rid of it that day, then the next day you've got another layer of plastic wrap and then another layer of plastic wrap. And it continues for years and years and years. And then you turn into this like bubble woman, right? Where, which can manifest as fat. It can manifest as exhaustion. It can manifest as emotional numbness, Right. So every day we want to just take off that plastic wrap and reset the body so that the next day, when you put yourself through chaos, as we do, (laughs) you have healthy coping mechanisms to keep the cortisol managed. The goal is not to to ditch stress. Okay. I love a very, I'm going to say, high activity, overstimulating lifestyle. I have two businesses. I manage a team. I have a farm. Like there's stuff that's constantly going on. I understand overstimulation, but if I didn't do things every single day, like my adaptogens or the the techniques that I use to get rid of that plastic wrap of stress, I, I wouldn't be able to do everything that I can do. There'd be no way I would crumble. I'd be exhausted. I would hate my life. So this is really important, just taking even two minutes. Some of the exercises I do, like stress shakes, two minutes just to get rid of 
the the extra cortisol that I'm packing on. So again, the goal is not to ditch stress. That's not the goal. Okay. We live in a life where we are going to keep performing and wanting to take on more and more and more, but the goal is to regulate it. Okay. Not to have chronically elevated stress levels. You can for a few moments, but then you need to have ways to calm it back down again, or else your body's going to be a hot inflamed mess infecting all the other hormones. Okay. And then the last tip that I have for today is body weight exercises. So for myself, the best shape I've ever been in hasn't been when I was doing CrossFit classes, running 10 kilometer runs, um, going to, to, to fit lifting weights, doing Olympic lifting. I have not been in, in the best shape of my life with those things. What has helped me the most is body weight exercise. I'm talking about squats, push-ups, plank holds, like these, I have arms. I saw a picture of my arms the other day and I'm like, <laughs> in a video, we were at my, my aunt's, I, I threw my aunt a birthday party and I saw my arms in a video and I was like, where did those come from? I don't even lift weights, but I do so many body weight exercises that my, my body is just lean and strong. So there's nothing wrong with weights if you enjoy weights, but if you're not doing anything at all, I would start with body weight exercises. I still only do body weight exercises. So how many squats can you do? Like, can you actually do a full squat, weight in the heels, knees out over the, the, the pinky toe, back up? How many squats can you do? Can you do a squat hold against, against the wall? How long of a plank hold can you do? Keeping your, your core tight, back flat. Can you do one off your toes? Or are you just able to do one off your knees? Can you do a full push-up? Like a full push-up where your chest comes to the ground and hovers, then you push yourself back up. Right. These to me are, are markers of strong and, and success, strength and success. In McPherson Method, we we recently added in having a body composition coach as well who analyzes your workout routine. And if it's not hormone metabolically friendly, we actually create a workout routine for you. You get this really cool app and exercises that you that the, the coach will give you. So you'll get a full workout program if you wanted it. And we're finding that our clients are having just so much success with body weight exercises and then maybe upgrading to bands. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with weights if you're doing weights, but I mean, if you can't hold a minute plank hold, if you can't do a full push up, um, if squats, if you can't do a squat, I would definitely be starting with those. It's going to build amazing muscle mass, really strong, efficient mitochondria, and your body gets so lean from doing them. So it's something that I would potentially recommend if you don't have a current uh, workout plan that you start with body weight exercises. Like at the end of the night, maybe you do 10 squats and then uh, as long of a plank, maybe 30 seconds or as long as you can go, do not let your back cave. Or maybe you just practice push-ups on the wall. And then over time you start doing them on the stairs and you get lower and lower and lower until eventually you can do them off the ground. That would be the first step I would take because you're gonna boost your metabolism by building strong lean muscle mass with mitochondria in there that are going to be just ready to, to burn fat. So, I mean, sit-ups, you could do sit-ups. There's so many body weight exercises that are absolutely incredible. And to this day, I just practice yoga out. It's a Shanga yoga, which is in my opinion, more intense than other, other things, but it's just body weight. I'm doing handstands. I'm doing back bends. I'm doing lots of chaturangas. Um, it's all body weight exercise, but I've been able to get very lean and strong from this style of exercise. Okay, my loves, those are the nine tips that I have for you today. So thank you so much for being here of 
As usual, if there's any questions that you have, let me know. If you want more support and help on your weight loss journey and you want that individualized protocol and someone to guide you through exactly what to do to get to your goals, then I'll leave the links below on how you can book a complimentary consult to see if my protocols are a good fit for you. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.